Hello and welcome to the Film Pulse Podcast. This is episode number 420. Oh, big 420. My name is Adam Patterson. Ooh. With me today, we got Kevin Rakestraw. Hey, Kevin. Ah, we really should have planned something. Should we? Should we have? And it, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Well, I just made, like, maybe we should have smoked for the show. Yeah. I don't know if the show would have been made, but... <laughs> I, it would have just consisted of me having a panic attack and then be like, I can't do this. <laughs> It's just me texting you. I feel awful. I'm sorry. <laughs> I can't. I can't record today. I'm sorry. We tried the weed thing. It didn't work. <laughs> oh god. Uh, this week on the show, we'll be talking about James Wan's latest, *Malignant*, which is out now on HBO Max and in theaters. I'll also be going over someone watching on the watch list and this week's new releases in theaters, VOD and Blu-ray. Thank you so much for joining us today. You can. Uh, Help us out by reviewing us on iTunes. That would be extremely helpful. I think we can just jump straight into our review. Talking about Malignant. I have a synopsis here. Madison is paralyzed by shocking visions of grisly murders and her torment worsens as she discovers that these waking dreams are in fact terrifying realities. Again, this is uh, directed by James Wan, who, as you most of you may know, is responsible for the saw for first the first saw he directed the first saw he did insidious he did the conjuring so a lot of uh very popular horror franchises he also did aquaman most recently mm. yeah he he wanted to go back he wanted to he wanted to make that aquaman money so that he could go back and do a do a hard do this horror movie so we'll start with you, Kevin. What were your initial impressions of Malignant? Oh, um, well, first off, I knew nothing about this. And if you remember, I didn't learn about it until last week when we recorded, which it, I found very, very strange that I just did not hear a single word about yeah, a new uh, James Wan movie. I didn't hear about it until very, very late <clears throat> also. So that was uh, slightly confusing because there's a part of me that's like, he didn't direct this. This is this is made up. But I watched it, and it exists. And um, not knowing what this was about, I think, really helped it, being completely blind going in. Um, I'm still really confused as to how James Wan is, like, a big deal, and people really (laughs) like him. Uh, I just don't get it. I just can't understand it at all. Um, But a lot, like, with this movie, it's just, it's really, for me, the thing that's difficult is I feel like he really, really telegraphs everything. Everything is so dumbed down in terms of, like, where the scares are supposed to be placed. Like, I can tell, like, as soon as a scene starts, I know exactly what he's going to do. I know when a door opens and the person looks behind it, there's not going to be anything there. But then when he slowly closes the door, someone's going to be behind him. Like, just those little things, Mm -hmm. which I find really annoying. But I did appreciate how uh, ridiculous this movie is. Yeah. But at yeah, at the same time, I I don't know how anyone else felt about this. But again, like he telegraphed it way too early. Like you know, off the bat, and there was just a part of me that was like, I really hope that he commits to that because that's what he set up, and of course he does. So that's great. But again, there was just like no surprise element for me. Yeah, I mean. The the opening scene does sort of tip it, t- 
you know, show its hand a little bit. I mean, you you see sort of the the villain, the creature, whatever you want to call it, in the opening scene. So you know that there's like something going on there. I I enjoyed this movie overall. I agree with you that most of it is completely telegraphed. I was concerned that they were going to go really deep into the whole like oh it's a, it's all in her head it's a it's a split personality mm-hmm. like that type of thing and i i can tell you right now for i know that there i'm not the only person who is sick and tired of movies where it's like oh is it all in her head is it a split personality is she crazy uh i can tell you right now in this movie it doesn't go down that route it goes down a more skewed route, which I <laughs> it really enjoyed because like you, I was like, I really hope that he just doubles down on where this is going and just fully embraces how ridiculous it is. And he a hundred percent does. Yeah. This is a, silly as hell. Yeah. This is a movie where when you, when the, the quote unquote like twist happens, when the big reveal happens, you're just like, what the, f- what the fuck? Where, like, where are you going with the, this? And can, can we just see more of what's happening here? And it turns like the movie completely changes course after this. And it almost turns into this like action movie of sorts. And I think it's, is- I think it's really fun. <laughs> like I, I really enjoyed how this played out. Yeah, I just it, for me, I just really wish he wouldn't have tipped his hand so yeah. much throughout the beginning because, like, like I said, that opening, I'm like, okay, I see, I'm pretty sure that this is what it's going to be, and I'm just wondering, like, how's he gonna, like, how is he gonna pull this off, uh, like the logistics of it, and then as soon as you first see like the 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 villain, quote unquote, like move. I was like, oh, okay. Well, that's yeah. that's silly. Is, I, is that what it's going to be? Because that's really bizarre. But and that's what the thing that kind of bothered me with the like the reveal. I'm like, yeah, I already know that. Like, like why do you telegraph everything so much? Yeah, I I was a little disappointed with that too. But it was just the the other thing is like it was just so ridiculous and over the top that like even though yeah. I knew very early on like what was happening here it didn't it didn't bother me too much with that being said i I agree with you that it would have been way more impactful if everything was kept under wraps very closely until that big reveal because then you then it would be a true like what the fuck moment like you just be like this movie just pulled a complete 180 because up until that point if you take out all of the bits and pieces that sort of uh you know showed showed how this was going to play out if you took all that away what you have here is a fairly standard like kind of supernatural supernatural movie that has a little bit of like a kind of a psychic link type thing that's going on yeah and you know it's it's pretty standard uh, aside from some really some really cool visual moments there's this really great scene where she's kind of running through the house and it's like the overhead shot that goes through the house and it fall it tracks her above her through through the house i think that that was a really great shot probably one of the best in the movie but i i feel like you know i feel like james wan is sort of 
drawing influence almost from Lee Wanell, who's his partner on Saul, where a lot of the camera work in this feels very similar to what we have seen Lee Wanell doing in movies like The Invisible Man, where yeah, it's very kinetic that- and they might have even used that same like programmable camera thing, that robot thing. Because it did, I, I was the action sequences felt very similar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To me. Very, very similar. It had a little bit of a throwback vibe for me. I wouldn't say like necessarily like an 80s throwback vibe, but maybe even like a 90s. Like it, it didn't feel like a like a super modern horror movie to me, especially with like how the end yeah. plays out because you never see that in modern movies. You saw it a lot in horror movies in the 80s and into the 90s with like the prosthetics boom and you know movies like basket case come to mind yeah and so it had that going for it too which i appreciated but with with that i also agree with you where i'm like i don't really get why james wan is like one of the biggest names in horror right now either because when you look at his his filmography overall like it's kind of like standard like there's no, like when you see a James Wan movie and and maybe he's cultivating his style with this movie like maybe this is the beginning of something but when you compare like The Conjuring with Insidious and stuff like that like they're all just a like kind of standard supernatural horror movies now one yeah. might argue that like he's sort of the one who spearheaded that trend you know when like when The Conjuring came out it was it, a pretty big deal and it it was definitely a trendsetter but yeah and i think it was just to me it's he was setting up this formula of like mass market horror where it's like not really it's not like fully committal like it's not really horror in any sense of the way it's just kind of like jump scares here and there that are pretty telegraphed so you feel kind of safe watching it but it does it might get you at a moment here and there, but to me, they're just they're just so safe. And yeah, they're and they're, so they're all like the fact that franchises were created out of both Insidious and The Conjuring. It's one of those situations where like the sequels start to blend in with the original, and then it just you know it gets all mashed up. Now, if we look at his other titles, like Saw, obviously you know spawned a huge franchise and i stand by the fact that that are my opinions that the first saw is a, a great horror film and i even liked uh like dead silence i i liked that that was like sort of i believe that was his follow-up to saw a lot of people didn't weren't weren't huge on that one but whatever I liked it. I don't. I mean, I did appreciate the kind of the the flipping on its head of the the action sequence at the end. Well, there's actually two that I found interesting in the sense that normally you have a character just annihilating people, and you're rooting for that character, whether it's like John Wick or something. You know, there's somebody annihilating bad people, and you're just like, get them. These people are fucking awful. Do your thing. But here it's the flip side where the, the villain's just annihilating people that you don't know 
at all. And you're just kind of like, oh my God, he's fully committed to this. I did appreciate that because the villain kills a lot of people. Yeah. In very brutal ways. Yeah, lots of lots of really good gore effects and stuff in this too. Which is kind of like it's it's an interesting watch because it's back to back essentially. Just annihilating a bunch of people in this setting and then annihilating a bunch of people in this setting. They're back to back. You're not rooting for this person at all. These people really haven't done anything to warrant their annihilation, but it's happening nonetheless. And you just you just gotta like sit and take it. Which I did find kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. I, there was a part of me that enjoyed that a little bit, where I was like, "Okay, this is a little bit different." I liked the visual. Rep- to- I liked the visual representation of when she would have the visions too, like when mm-hmm. when the murders were taking place, and like what she went through, where she was sort of transported into that that situation, and and forced to to watch these brutal killings occur. I, I and I liked how the it was it was like a silent hill type of thing really where it's like her her current like wherever she was would like kind of peel away and like morph into this other setting i I liked i liked that too script was uh not great i thought a lot of the dialogue was cheesy and i thought the i thought the performances were they were not (laughs) Mm. yeah they were they were not not really there uh no this is like low tier TV quality really in terms yeah. of like, yeah. script and it's, it's performances pretty, it's not it's very hokey it's not good, it's not good. but uh, you know there's a couple of things in there I just I like how silly it is I, I it's really the too. end it's the end I mean for me up until yeah, up until that up until the, the end I was just like ugh you know this is like for me it was like mediocre like pretty pretty low low tier for me i was just i i really wasn't even that that into it honestly no until until the end and then i'm like okay now we're talking yeah which yeah because up until that point it really felt like this movie had no idea what it wanted to be because it was just stalling essentially in order to like fully go into silly mode and and the other thing is like there reveal like a lot of these movies there's a mystery aspect of it you know the the main character and her sister are sort of trying to figure out the this mystery and like what's going on and who this killer is and why these specific people are getting targeted and and how her sister somehow has this like psychic link to the killer and the thing is because you already i would say most people are are able to put the pieces together fairly early on the the mystery aspect of it feels so inconsequential like we already know like we're just watching them put it together at this point. Like yeah, we already exactly. know, like the audience, I would say most audience members are going to already know at least maybe not specifically like exactly what happens, but they're going to have most of it put together, you know, by the, by yeah. the time the, the the mystery aspect of it comes up. So, you know, a lot of that just feels not important at all. So no. you're just like okay, well let's let's just get no, on with it. No, because there's a part of you that's just kind of like inwardly yelling at the screen, like Jesus Christ, figure it out already. Yeah, yeah. Like my God, but there's there's a certain thing 
that I think I've brought this up before, and it, it, it comes into play here, which with a lot of like horror movies and stuff now, is my question at the end of it to myself is, was it better than an episode of X-Files? <laughs> which this one slightly reminded me of season five, episode 16, called Mind's Eye. Uh, Lily Taylor plays a blind woman that could see her dad murdering people like as it happened mm. and she would try and like you know help out you know stop it or whatever so that was the first thing I thought of and the X-Files episode is better now I will I like I like the malignant uh, left turn into silliness I do appreciate that, but it's just not quite enough for me. Yeah, uh, I would agree. I would agree with that. Uh, all right, so that is malignant. What are you going to give this out of ten? I would give it like a like a four and a half, maybe a five. I'm sitting at a five on this one, pretty much straight down the middle for me. Like you, I think it's the the end that that really saves it. There are some good kills here and there. This, there's some really good camera work, some cool, some cool camera shots that that definitely set it apart from just being incredibly boring and normal. But yeah, with with that, I think that there's there's some other issues with it as well. So I mean, I'd say it's a light recommend if you're looking for a new horror movie to to watch. This that you can watch at home. That you can watch at home. Yeah, like this. Yeah. This is definitely worth a look in that regard and again like there the end is really fun so yeah yeah i just i think i wanted more of that energy throughout yeah it's it's when it ramps up when the action and the and the and the craziness ramps up that it gets significantly better i think but yeah i think i think i would appreciate it like full 80s in that the silliness comes in in the first act and then we just ride it out yeah. till the end mm-hmm. let's just fully embrace it silliness front to back let's yeah. do it yeah all right uh again that is malignant let's talk about some of what i'm watching i'm covering some film festivals right now so i can't really talk about anything that i've been watching just yet but that's not good i was on vacation i didn't watch anything else well, I, I do have a couple things that I can mention outside of that. So uh, this will be very brief, though, because I don't have much to say about these. The first one is Superhost. This is directed by Brandon Christensen. Uh, this is on Shudder. It's a new one that just came out uh, like last week, I think, on Shudder. What you have here is a a, a couple who... They're, they're YouTubers and their whole channel is all about going to different Airbnbs and reviewing them. Like, so they, they go to these different Airbnbs and they, they shoot a video of their stay and then they sort of give it a review and they go to this one that this like lake, it's really nice lake house that is like super hard to book and everything. And they finally get in and there's some weird stuff that that starts happening and then they they end up meeting the the host of you know the the owner of the house and she turns out to be kind of crazy and things take a violent turn uh it's not 
good. It's very, it's very generic. I didn't like some of the turns that it took. It just not, not recommended. So can't, can't recommend Superhost. Barbara Crampton's in it though for a little bit. So at least it had that going for it. It was worth, worth a star. The only other one that I saw was Kate. This is directed by Cedric Nicholas Troyan. Oh, yeah. This is on Netflix. This is a Netflix one. Uh, Very John Wick-esque. So if you're into the John Wick style, very visceral action, almost nonstop action, then, uh, then Kate might be for you. It takes place in Japan. Mostly Tokyo, but also Osaka. And... I, I love the the representation of Japan in this movie. The location. Mary Elizabeth Winstead being the main character. She's an assassin. Uh, the whole premise is like that she gets poisoned. And she has about 24 hours to live. So in that 24 hours, she needs to find who poisoned her, why, and then kill them. Woody Harrelson's in this also. The plot is so unbelievably unoriginal and basic. You will be able to, I don't even need to, you, you can tell me right now without even seeing anything, how this whole movie is going to play out because it's just so generic, but that's really not why you watch a movie like this. You watch it for the action. The action is excellent. It's, it's very good. Uh, I would, I would say that it's, I mean, it's right up. It's not at John Wick levels, but it's it's up there. It's it's really good. The action's quite good. There's a car chase scene that that really sucks. It's like all CG for some reason, and that that's but it's very short. So, mm-hmm. uh, I so yeah, I liked the action a lot. I just I thought that the story was atrocious, and everything that happens in the narrative is is awful. Mary Elizabeth Winston does a really good job. I mean, she, she, does, a, she does a great job in this uh, action role. We've seen her do action before in the Harley Quinn movie. She did a really... She, did, she was awesome in that, too. So, Woody Harrelson's decent in it. He's not in it a whole lot, but... Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Light recommend just because it's on Netflix, maybe. I Get- was very surprised. Like, I had no idea who the director of this movie was. Mm-hmm. It's very interesting to find out that this guy that directed the Huntsman yeah. Winter's War from twenty like what? Yeah, the the second Huntsman movie. <laughs> what? I just like where the hell did he come from? Yeah, I don't know. He did a short film called Carrot vs. Ninja that he wrote. He wrote a short film in two twenty eleven. Mm-hmm. Yep. Alright. I don't know. He looks like a visual effects guy. Oh, okay. He did the visual effects for the the, the, re, the Ring remake. Oh, okay. One hour photo. Pirates of the Caribbean. All right. I mean, the visuals in uh, in this movie were were kind of cool. Like it, it makes Japan look fucking awesome. And the the whole the, there's another there's this like through line this like gag where the whole time Mary Elizabeth Winston's character is looking for this drink called Bang 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 lemon or something and there's not a real drink called bang bang lemon but i'm pretty sure she's referring to cc lemon which is the best drink soft drink 
on the planet. Oh, yeah? Oh, my God. I love CC Lemon. It's so good. Interesting. Yeah, it's like a it's like a carbonated lemonade, but it's like oh my god, it's just so. All right, let's take a look at what we have in theaters this week. Two to mention. One is Cop Shop with Gerard Butler. Someone's gonna take the hit. A little uh, guest action movie with Gerard Butler and Frank Grillo. Never heard of it until just now by the guy that directed The Gray. Oh, I liked The Gray. It was a good movie. Well, you're gonna love Cop Shop. I don't think I'm gonna love Cop Shop to be honest with you. I don't think I'm gonna love it. But hey, we'll see. We also have Cry Macho coming out, which is the Clint Eastwood one. Mm-hmm. The story of being lost and found. Wow. So so inspirational. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Clint Eastwood. How about it? All right. On VOD this week. Let's see. On the... Today's the 12th. On the 14th, we have Bad Candy. This is a uh, horror movie. Zach Galligan's in there. We have Royal Jelly, which is also a horror movie. Something about that mm. that title just Mm-mm. not. No, yeah, it's bees. It's bees. It's bees. Okay. It's bees, but it's also like could imply like something else. Like, have like, you seen Have you seen the poster? I have seen the poster. Yeah, it it does it mm. it. Yeah, it looks at first glance you think oh this is trying to cash in on the Candyman. Thing, you know yeah no thank you yeah no uh let's see we have giddy stratospheres coming out this looks like a comedy maybe we have what she said that's a comedy also we have emma which uh, we covered on the show a couple weeks ago we have shelter in place that's a horror movie honeymooning couple gets stranded at a hollywood at the Hollywood Roosevelt Hotel and learns that there's more to fear than just cabin fever. Oh, look out. On the 15th, we have A La Cale, which is on HBO Max. Then on the 16th, we have My Heroes Were Cowboys on Netflix. Cowboy documentary? I don't fucking know. Then on Friday the 17th, we have Prisoners of the Ghost Land, which is the... That's the Nicolas Cage... She and Sono movie, kind of a wild one. Maybe not quite as wild as I had hoped, but pretty wild uh, nonetheless. Yeah. We have Lady of the Manor, which is a comedy. We got Best Sellers, which is with Michael Caine and Aubrey Plaza. We got The Killing of Kenneth Chamberlain. The Mad Women's Ball, that's going to be on Amazon Prime. We got Last Night in Rosie. Cop Shop. Everybody, Cop Shop. Yep. Every, everybody's talking about Jamie. That's also going to be on Amazon Prime. We have Saint Narcissi, which is the... That's a Bruce LeBruce movie. Okay. I haven't seen him in a while. We have Collection. Looks like an action thriller, maybe. We have Little Girl. That is a documentary. We have Apartment 413, which is a horror movie. We got 23 Walks, which is a comedy drama. Ooh, and we got and we got we got the nowhere in also which is the uh that's the saint vincent carrie brownstein one mm-hmm. uh on blu-ray this week let's see that's a lot there's a lot of vod stuff yeah yeah oh boy it is it, it is a lot on blu-ray this week we have black widow coming out got alone in the dark from 1982 Shawshank Redemption is getting a 4K release. 
Oh, Shank. Yeah. Cold War Creatures. It's a four-film collection from Arrow. It's coming out 1955 to 1957. It's uh, four films from Sam Katzman. Perf- mm-hmm. Perfect Blue is coming out. Looks like a steel book on Perfect Blue. Uh, Paranorman's getting some kind of new release. Looks like the, the Leica stuff is getting re-released because Kubo is also coming out. Okay. Death cool. Screams from 1982 is coming out on Arrow. I want to see say, that. Is that... Did you say Death Scream? Or Death plural Screams. Sc- plural. Oh, hell yeah. yeah. I don't know why, but it being plural makes it better. He Wants Your Body... In pieces. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to see. I want to see this. Eighties slasher. Let's see. We got hit, uh, Eli Roth's history of heart. Oh no, it's a TV show. Fuck, fuck that. Uh, Zola <laughs> is coming out. I would recommend that if you haven't seen that yet. Boss Baby, Family Business, The French Conspiracy from 1972. Censor is coming out. Talked about that a few few weeks ago. Rafifi mm-hmm. in Paris from 1966. Uh, Howling Village. Uh, let's see. Masquerade. Catch the Bullet. Is that the name of the movie? <laughs> yeah. Catch the Bullet. The Western from last year, from the looks of it. Oh. Uh, Hunters from earlier this year. That's pretty much it. What about Criterions? Uh, we just have one, and that's Neil Jordan's Mona Lisa from 1986. Bob Hoskins, Michael Caine, Kathy Tyson. And the funny thing is, is pulling this page up to see what the criterions were, because this is, you know, my job, uh, reminded me that I started this movie like a month ago and I forgot all about it. Oh, okay. And I never finished it. (laughs) So (laughs) I wasn't really into it that much, (laughs) but maybe I'll get back to it. Yeah, perhaps. I've been there too, where like I start a movie and then just totally forget about it. I had no idea. As soon as I pulled it up, I'm like, Mona Lisa. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> Whoops. It's mm. funny. All right. Uh, well, I think that's going to do it for this week. Thank you so much for tuning in. You can send us your questions and topics to podcast at filmpulse.net. You can follow us on Twitter at filmpulse.net and at filmpulsekevin. And if you have a minute, consider reviewing us on iTunes. That would be extremely helpful. For Kevin Rakestraw, my name is Adam Patterson. We'll see you next week.